Thanks for tuning in for Love, Live, Lead, the broadcast ministry of Christ Community Church of Imperial Valley. We would love to help you plan your visit, so we encourage you to visit our website at www.cccciv.org for service times and our events calendar. Or get the app. You'll find the Christ Community Church IV mobile app in your app store for Apple or Android devices. So I have a guilty pleasure that I used to like to watch all the time. You know, those moments where you feel like you've had a long week or a long day, you need to just sit down and watch something to, so that your mind can totally veg out. You know what I'm talking about? Am I the only one who's been there? Come on. I need to hear some amens for that one. You just need your mind to veg out. So what I used to turn on is a show called Gold Rush. Anyone with me? All right, because you can watch that show. You don't have to feel invested in it. You're not, like, anxious about what's going to happen next. You're just watching these guys kind of make fools of themselves, trying to figure out how to mine some gold, right? But as I watched this show, I came to understand something, that the best miners are the ones who are patient, who are going to strip as much of the top layers of the soil, the dirt away, in order to get to what they call the pay dirt. You know what I'm talking about? And what I want to do this morning before we even get into Hosea chapter 13 is I want you to apply that same principle spiritually as we get into the word. Because I think that there's a lot of us in the church today, a lot of Christians who aren't really experiencing the pay dirt that we should with the Lord because we're not stripping away the top layers. Right? And if you really want to hear from God, you're going to have to get down to where the deep stuff is at. You're going to have to really drill down, so to speak, into what God really has for you. Listen to what it says in Daniel chapter 2. Just listen to this. Daniel, after he has, has been given an interpretation of the vision that the king was asking for, he gives praise to God. This is what he says. Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, to whom belong wisdom and might. He changes the times and the seasons. He removes kings and sets up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. Listen to this. He reveals deep and hidden things. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what is in the darkness and in the light dwells with him. If you really want to get to the deep things, you're going to have to get close to the Lord. He reveals those deep things. And if you really want those things, if you really want to press into those things, God is just waiting for you to meet with him in those deep places. When you read the word, I hope that the only time that you're not Feeding on God's word is when we come here to a place like this. Because really what that is, it's like all of you would be in a child's chair, a high chair. And you got the little tray in front of you, right? And it would be like me being the parent with a little bit of baby food. And I have that little tiny spoon, you know what I'm talking about? And I put the spoon into your mouth. And then you get it all over your face. And I scrape up the leftovers. And then I put that into your mouth as well, right? You shouldn't need to be spoon-fed forever, The book of Hebrews talks about this. I want for you to desire the meat. I want for you to desire the goodness, the fat that is in the word. And in order to get to that place, you've got to drill down deep. So when you read the word, when you're studying the scriptures for yourself, I want you to read and I want you to look for certain things. First off, always, I want you to look for Jesus in the text. In the Old Testament, look for Jesus. How does this point to Jesus? How does this reveal Jesus to me? Look for deliverance, a savior. Look for someone who's going to be raised up, who's going to deliver people from bondage or oppression or sin. Look for that deliverer because that's a type of who? Jesus. Look for salvation. Look for the blood's atoning sacrifice. Look for 
the rapture of the church, the birth of the church. Now, when you read the Bible and you read it through that lens, the Bible will come to life. You're going to be in the deep things. You're going to be hitting pay dirt, if you will. I don't want to spoon feed you forever. If the Lord were to take me home because something terrible happened, God forbid, in my life, I want for you to be ready to feed yourself. I want for you to be strong. I want for you to be healthy. I want for you to find these things in the word on your own. And today is one of those days where I feel like, man, God's word is so alive. God, you're so good. And how you reinforce this over and over and over again. And I didn't realize that this was in the scriptures until I read this to study for you this week. The only reason why I can share this with you is because I was first in the word for myself. And anytime I read something, I want you to understand that that scalpel Before I bring the scalpel to you and give the scalpel to your hands and say, Lord, have your work in my friends, I use that scalpel on my heart first. Now look at what it says here. Hosea chapter 13. I hope you have your Bibles open. I hope you have your Bibles open. Look at what it says. When Ephraim spoke, there was trembling. He was exalted in Israel, but he incurred guilt through Baal, and and he died. And now there was sin. They sinned more and more, and they make for themselves metal images, idols skillfully made of their silver, all of them the work of craftsmen. And it is said of them, those who offer human sacrifices kiss calves. Now pause there for a moment. And as we get into this, I want to paint the picture with some context. You can read this for yourself later on, but in John chapter 3, in John chapter 3, there was a religious leader, a Pharisee, some even say he was a member of the Sanhedrin, the Jewish high court, who comes to Jesus under the cover of night. And as he approaches, you know, we don't know exactly what's going on in Nicodemus' heart. We don't know exactly why he's coming at nighttime. Maybe he was ashamed. Maybe he was worried about what the rest of the religious people would think if they saw him coming to Jesus to ask for questions. We're not sure, but he came by night. And he comes to Jesus, and he says to Jesus, there's something different about you, Jesus. The way that you work these works of miracles, the authority with which you speak, there's something different about you, and I can't really place my finger on it. And Jesus stops him dead in his tracks, and he says, if you want to see the kingdom of heaven, you need to be born again. And Nicodemus is like, well, what do you mean I need to be born again? I'm a grown man. How can I go back into my mother's womb and be born a second time? I'm fully grown. And Jesus says, that's not what I'm talking about. In order to really, truly see the kingdom of heaven, you have to be born of the water, which is the first birth. But then you have to also be born of the spirit, which is the second birth. To be reborn, to be born again. And then Jesus says, that which is born of the flesh is the flesh, but that which is born of the spirit is the spirit. He says, don't marvel, don't be surprised that I'm telling you this. You understand how wind works. And when you look around, you see the wind and the effects of the wind. It was windy last night. I walked outside and my doormat was full of dirt, full of dust. Why? Because the wind had been there. You can recognize, Jesus said, you see where the wind has been because you see the after effects of the wind. It's the same thing with the Spirit of God, Jesus says. You're going to know where the Spirit of God has been because it's going to leave a change in its wake. I wonder, Christian, from where you sit this morning, if there has been a change in your life or not. Can you? The world look at your life and see your life and look at your testimony and realize and understand that, man, something's different about that person. The Spirit of God must have visited this place. Now, in context, again, when he uses this word spirit, understand this, because this is important for the teaching today. In the Old Testament, the word spirit 
is interchangeable with the word breath, is interchangeable with the word wind, and that word is ruach. Everyone say ruach. Now in the Greek, which is the New Testament, that word is pneuma. Everyone say pneuma. That word is interchangeable. Spirit, wind, breath. Spirit, wind, breath. In the Old Testament and in the New Testament both. So Jesus says you have to be born of the spirit, the wind. It's the same word. You have to be born of the wind. You know where the wind has been because there's a change in you. Now, what Hosea is going to do here, what God is going to do through the prophet Hosea today, is he's going to remind us of our need to be born again in order to escape the wrath that is to come. If you really press into the deep things of God, you're going to see the same story emerge over and over and over and over again. And it's amazing to me because it tells me that God hasn't changed. He's preaching the same message today that he did way back in Hosea's day, that he did way back in Noah's day, that he did way back from the very very beginning. He's trying to tell you that you need to be born again of the Spirit in order to escape the wrath that is to come and to make it to the kingdom of heaven. Are we good? Okay, let's look at this again. Read this with me again. When Ephraim spoke, there was trembling. What we're going to see first here in this text, if you have your outlines, take those out. Shake those for me so I see them. If you're taking notes, your first point here is we're going to see the rejection of the Savior. That Israel has rejected God's plan for their salvation. And with that rejection, first off, it causes a loss of influence. Ephraim, Israel, Ephraim is another name for Israel. Israel was supposed to be a testimony, was supposed to be a lighthouse, was supposed to be a city set upon a hill for all to see. And when they spoke, the nations trembled at the beginning. The people in the land of Canaan, they were afraid of the Israelites because God was moving powerfully upon their behalf. Everyone took notice when Israel said something, people listened. But they're going to lose that influence. They're going to lose that testimony. They're going to lose that light because of the sin that they allow into their culture. So look at this again. When Ephraim spoke, there was trembling. He was exalted in Israel. I exalted you, God says. I had exalted Israel above all of the other nations of Canaan. They were special to me. They were different. They were supposed to look different and act different and speak different and worship God differently. But they failed miserably. Listen to what this says in Deuteronomy chapter 7. This is the Lord speaking to his people. He says, for you are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for his treasured possession. Out of all of the peoples who are on all the face of the earth, it was not because you were more in number than any other people that the Lord set his love upon you and chose you. For you were the fewest of the peoples, but it was because the Lord loves you. Why did God choose Israel? Was it because they were a mighty nation? Was it because they had the biggest army? Was it because they were the most impressive? Were they the largest in stature? No, God chose Israel because of his divine love for Israel. And this gives me great hope. See, he says, I want for you, Israel, first off, you're to be a holy people. In Hebrew, that word is kadosh. It means separated. It means dedicated to God's use. It means separated for God's use, consecrated for his use. It means to live a life that is separated from the world. God calls you, yes, you're called to be in this world, but you're not to be of this world. Far too many within the church today, you're in this world, but you're also of this world. You look like the world, you dress like the world, you sound like the world, you worship like the world, you spend your money like the world. 
you watch the things the world watches, you listen to the music the world listens to, you are not living a holy, kadosh, separated life. God says to his people, I want to use you as a testimony. I want you to have influence over this culture that is deteriorating, that is dead, that is dead on the inside. I want you to look different so the world knows what it looks like to live for me. You're called to be holy. And then he says, I've chosen you. In the Greek, the word is bahar. I love how descript the definition of this word is because it means the choicest. Men, you can relate here in the room. If in, Any meat eaters here? Any carnivores here? Men who love meat? I've got like four different barbecues. A couple smokers, a barbecue. I've got lots to choose from, right? And when I go choose my steaks, I don't just throw any steak in the cart and go to check out. I want to look at every single steak in that aisle. Right? I want to find the steak that has the marbling, that has the fat that runs in with the meat, and that doesn't have just a huge fat. I want to find the right piece. What God's word says to Israel is, I chose you like that. Now, listen to this. Not only that, have any of you guys ever been to the fair? Any parents of 4-H or FFA people in here? Now, you know when they line up all your kids and your kids are all in their whites and they're really, you know, pressed and put together and they've groomed their animals just so. And they have all of the kids and all of the animals out there and they have this guy or this girl that goes around looking like this. And they're eyeballing every kid and every animal. And they do their rounds and they go and they circle and then they bend down for a little bit. You know, I think they're really just trying to make sure that they're, they're getting their money's worth, it, right? So they walk all over the place, and, and they're bending over, and they're looking at the animals, and then they come back, and finally it's time, and they put their hand over their face like this. Like, it's really, really difficult decision. And they start pointing. Right? And then they do this to the, to, and then finally they say, well, this is first and second and third. The word in the Hebrew here for I chose you, it means the best of market. Just like they do in that. Listen to me. God's word says, I have chosen you to live separate. I have selected you. In my eye, you're the best the market had to offer. I chose you like that. He says this to the children of Israel, but then today he says this to you, the bride of Christ, the church as well. This is how God has chosen you. What blows my mind is that if we were in a lineup and the Jesus was walking around looking at us with our animals. The scripture says, Jesus said in John 15, you didn't choose me. I what? I chose you. I pointed to you. I called you up and I said, you're mine. You're mine. Now, again, this blesses me because God didn't choose, Jesus didn't choose us. God didn't choose the Israelites based upon their worth because they were a great and mighty nation. He chose them out of love. This is what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. It says, for consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many of you were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose you not because you were strong, not because you were intelligent. God chose you to make an example out of you, to say, look at what I can do with the heart of someone who surrenders to me. That's it. I don't want to fool any of you here today. There's nothing special in me other than the Spirit of God. And that same Spirit of God that is in me, guess what? If you've confessed Christ as your Savior, He's in you as well. 
I do not have a monopoly on the Holy Spirit. Billy Graham did not have a monopoly on the Holy Spirit. Whatever preacher you're listening to does not have a monopoly on the Holy Spirit. God has chosen you as well to do great things for him if you'll surrender to him. Here's what I love about the way God chooses. God does not choose. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. God does not choose based upon giftedness. He chooses based upon grace. That's it. You didn't deserve it. I didn't deserve it. You didn't deserve it. He just blesses you by choosing you. Isn't that amazing? So he begins by saying, look, I have something special for you, Israel. I had something special for you. I, I, when you spoke, people listened because I was with you. They saw nations fall and crumble in your presence. I exalted you. I chose to lift you up, but something happened and you failed me. I had chosen you like this. Look at what it says here. It says, but he incurred guilt through Baal and died. I chose you, but you chose to worship the idols of the land. I chose you, but you didn't choose me. Think about that just for a moment. Because how many of you are choosing to worship anything or anyone other than the Lord today? I chose you. God says to you this morning, but you didn't choose me. I wanted you, but you didn't want me. You had no desire for me. Listen to what it says in Deuteronomy chapter 12. When the Lord your God cuts off before you the nations whom you go in to dispossess, and you dispossess them and dwell in their land, take care that you be not ensnared to follow them after they have been destroyed before you, and that you do not inquire about their gods, saying, how do these nations serve their gods, that I also may do the same. You shall not worship the Lord your God in that way. For every abominable thing that the Lord hates, they have done for their gods. Listen to this. They even burn their sons and their daughters in fire to their gods. When I deliver you from Egypt, and when you go into the land, and you begin to capture these people, don't ask about their gods. Don't ask about the way that they worship. You're not supposed to worship me that way, God says. Don't allow the world to infiltrate you. Don't allow the world to taint what I'm doing in you, but the people failed. Why? They incurred guilt when they began to worship the idols of the land. Their hands became polluted. Their hands became dirty. The people were meant to worship and to live a different kind of life, but they ended up looking just like the world. I wonder, church, if the Lord wouldn't say the same about the church today. I want you to be a light to the world. I want you to be salt to the earth. But you know what? You look just like the world, just like the culture today. How terrible of an indictment would that be? See, God wants for you this morning to be a testimony of his goodness, just as God intended for Israel to be a testimony of his goodness. Listen to what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17. Therefore, the scripture says, go out from her from their midst and be separated from them, says the Lord, and do not touch or touch no unclean thing, then I will welcome you. Go out from their midst. Be separated. Live a separated life from the world or from the culture. Don't look like the world. Look at Revelation chapter 18 verse 4. Then I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, lest you take part in her sins, lest you share in her plagues. Now remember I said if you'll drill deep, if you'll pull away the layers of topsoil, eventually you're going to hit pay dirt. Something is going to pay off. In this text, 
And just so you understand, in this text, in in Revelation 18.4, many people believe that this text, this verse, is a reference to the rapture. Those are people who read the book of Revelation parenthetically rather than linearly. Okay, There's a linear reading where you read it that one thing happens after another. Then there are some people who believe that you read the whole story and then the whole story kind of starts again and then the whole story kind of starts again and they kind of mesh together. All right, So some people believe that this is actually a reference to the rapture. But that word, whether or not you believe it's the rapture, When God speaks to his people and he says, come out of her, my people, lest you share in her sins, that word to come out, it means to be birthed. It means to come from the loins of. So God is saying here to the church in Revelation chapter 18, be born again out of this world. You need the Spirit of God in you. You need the wind of God to breathe through you. You need to be reborn, born from this world so that you don't participate in the sins of the world. Are you tracking with me? Come out of her, my people. Be born again. Come and be born of the Spirit. Literally is what is being said here. Now, most people believe this. Revelation chapter 4, verse 1, speaks of the rapture. And just so you understand in context, Revelation chapter 2 and chapter 3 is an accounting of the history of the church, the history of the bride of Christ. What the church has done, what the church has experienced, the way the church has exceeded or excelled and the way that the church has failed the Lord. After the entire reading of Revelation 2 and 3, the history of the church, then this is said in Revelation 4:1. John says this, after this I looked And behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice, which I had heard speaking to me like a trumpet, said, Come up here, or come out of here, and I will show you what must take place after this. Most people do believe that this is a reference to the rapture. When God says, come up here, in the Greek, the word is anabino, which means to ascend. Literally, though, it means to board a ship or a vessel. What does that remind you of right away when you hear that the word means to board a ship or a vessel? Do you remember another vessel that was prepared for the people who would live righteous? It was the ark in Noah's day. There was a door that was opened. A door to the ark that was opened. And God speaks forth and he says, come up here my people. Anabino, be ascend, come into the vessel, come safely into the ship because the wrath is coming. The history of the church is closed. The wrath is about to begin. Now, before Genesis chapter 6 and the flood begins is Genesis chapter 5. And in Genesis chapter 5, we read the story of a man by the name of Enoch. And in the scripture, it says that Enoch walked with God, and then he was not, for God took him. The word is laka in Hebrew. It means to seize. It means to take forcibly, but it also means to take as a bride. Now, in the scriptures... This man Enoch is a type of the church who will be taken in the rapture. He was a man who walked with the Lord, who walked in the Spirit, who walked with the Spirit, who lived a righteous, holy, separated life, who really truly acted and lived as though he'd been chosen by God. And so before the wrath is going to come, before Noah and his family go into the ark, guess what God does? Before the wrath comes, he simply takes Enoch from the earth. He raptures Enoch. He takes him to be the bride. He takes him from this world. Now, this is amazing to me. Again, let's dig deep. Let's remove the topsoil. 
in the book of Jude, Jude references an apocryphal text called Enoch, the book of Enoch. The book of Enoch is not canonized scripture. It's an apocryphal book that many, many Jews still study to this day. And in 2 Enoch, chapters 68 and 69, it says this of Enoch. It says that Enoch was born on the 6th of Sivan. It's the date, gave his birth date. That date on the Hebrew calendar is what we celebrate today as the day of Pentecost. Thanks for tuning in for Love, Live, Lead, the broadcast ministry of Christ Community Church in Imperial Valley. Christ Community Church has campuses in El Centro, Calexico, and Brawley with services in English and in Spanish. Your kids are going to love our kids' church. Plus, we have a lively youth ministry and young adults group. You're welcome to call the church office at 760-337-9400 with your questions. Or leave us a message on the Christ Community Church IV mobile app, the cccivy.org website, or direct message us on social media. We are really looking forward to meeting you. So again, the website is www.cccivy.org or call 760-337-9400 so we can plan your visit.